Welcome everybody to Hidden Guardians Podcast, your only podcast hosted by actual Hidden Guardians. Today on the show, we got a couple of things to kind of go over in what we're calling the Bonfire Side Chat. Yes, we are going to be talking about the Solstice event, some stuff that like, yeah, not that fond of, a few odds and ends about it. We also have a new TWAB to discuss. Actually, this had some really pertinent information in it, so it's might as well go over it. Uh, and the span of we're kind of getting a little bit lighter and fluffier ones leading up to the August 23rd showcase, which is going to pretty much tell us everything about next season, everything coming in the future that they want to disclose. Now, it's hard to find information, but this stuff is actually really relevant and worthwhile. I mean, it involves crucible changes, so yes. And then anything else, you know, we want to chat about here. I, I have a, um, well, I, I've had disagreements with me playing Crash Bandicoot 4 on PlayStation. <laughs> By disagreements, uh, I, I almost snapped my controller in half a couple times. Um, yeah, there, there's things with, yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. And Vance wants to brag about some bullshit. And there was something else going on, too, in the game this weekend that was an exploit. It's been shut down, but, man, it was nasty and worth talking about. Uh, I'm Outrider. I'm with Venge. How you doing, bud? It's been a week. I am, I am so good. How are you? I'm tired. I am also it's, it's been, it's been quite a week. tired. It's been a week. It's been a week of, like, you know nonsense here for me i mean the, earlier this week you know my my pups went in for their vaccinations because you know you got to keep them vaccinated rabies shots stuff like that so they were due mm-hmm. the one doctor's checking out uh my, my little girl my little puppy princess and heard a heart murmur mm. so we remember a couple of years ago, our current vet also said he thought he heard something, but it wouldn't replicate. So we would just keep an eye on it. And well, yeah, there it is. So this, like two days ago, uh, my dog had an echocardiogram. Yes, she has a heart murmur. It's mm-hmm. not life-threatening right now. We'll get the full results on Monday. So the day after we're recording this. And it costs like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So, yeah, you know, she she's getting up there. She's eight years old almost, and for dogs her size, she's uh, she's reaching old lady stage right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. I, I see the pictures of her when she was a pup, and I'm looking at her today, and it's so much gray in her face. Sure. But you would never know it by her behavior. You would absolutely never know it by her behavior, how fast she runs around the house, all this. She has not slowed down one step. Yeah. 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 Heart meds, all that stuff. It's like, awesome. Great. But I'm glad she's still here. But other things that, you know, drive us up a wall, some of the things with Solstice, actually. <laughs> Uh, have not been very cool. I mean, we're going to chat about it a little bit since it's almost week two is over. We're going into the last week of it when this episode goes live. And 
overall there there were some things I liked, but for the most part, this again wasn't it when it came mm-hmm. to a free event for me. Like let's start with some things I did like. Uh the revamp of the European aerial zone. I actually liked having more access to being catapulted around the map faster mm-hmm. to get to places and uh, actually manage uh, some of the encounters. I, I like that because the prior ones, it's like, oh, well, you know, you can miss something because you're trying to climb up a whole bunch of buildings in a vertical space that if you're messing up your jumps and stuff, it doesn't work. Now they put those man cannons in there that the Cabal have, and they're throwing you all over the place. It's a nice change. And uh, I do actually like that they redid some of the aesthetic to it, adding the new solstice-looking greenery mm-hmm. in the areas in the aerial zone. And the actual bonfire itself is kind of cool-looking as it's building up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to me- mess with that, because if you get close enough to it when it's at full size... Take a good look as you actually see it kind of like all spiral up and together and it actually forms like this really intricate little pattern. It's kind of mm-hmm. neat to see. So, you know, there's some cool stuff with there. By the same token, I, I do like being able to have a little bit more maneuverability around the map, but now the spawn points for the orbs you have to throw it to make the bonfire go bigger are pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. In one spot. So you're not going around the map you're not trying to find new things uh trying to find new sites it's basically you can just camp an area wait for the next uh you know glowing enemy to spawn kill it quickly throw the ball at the bonfire repeat until Mm -hmm. the taken appear and they only will show up in like one area that's very well marked on your map which is a good thing because prior events when you would have the, what was it, the prismatic taken, I think that's what they were called. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And you know, it was just an extra objective. It wasn't something required then. Now you actually have to go nuke these taken or else you can't keep building your bonfire and you got to do it before the time runs out. Mm-hmm. Or till you get 20 balls thrown into it. Uh... Have you seen any other bosses? All I've ever seen is like a gigantic taken ogre at the very uh, end. That's the only one I've seen, so it kind of makes me think that it's like the only boss. That's kind of disappointing. That that would be very disappointing because the old version had multiple different bosses depending on you know who who was the principal enemy. Like mm-hmm. uh, the hive used to have the uh, the bosses the twin bosses the shadow and the light version from the uh, the one strike in uh, oh god what is it called uh, for, from Forsaken when you go into the 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 layer sent by Spider and uh, it was a high hive fallen hybrid brood queen that would split off into a shadow form yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, then you had uh, like various like yeah, like three like huge heavy cabal would drop down uh, mm-hmm. for the fallen. It would be like an enormous servitor that you would have to take out. You know, fine. There was there was a little bit of variety. This time it's just 
you have a gigantic taken ogre. Big boy ogre that doesn't Big have boy ogre. a That's ton it. of health. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about a ton of health because <clears throat> one blade barrage from... Oh, no, it, it doesn't have a ton of health as well. Oh, okay, it doesn't have a ton of health, I was going to say. Yeah, you no, know, you hit it with a blade barrage, you can pretty much kill it outright at, when it has about 50% health. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit on the silly side how much that, you know, just annihilates its health pool. But by the same token, you don't want to have something with an enormous health pool that you have to sit there and chip away at nonstop. It's yeah. just no fun. You want to get it over with to get done, so. I think overall, the AEZ part of it, you know, I think the, some of the positives outweigh the negatives that I have. Sure. Um, what What do you think of the AEZ, how they've kind of redone it? I mean, for the most part, I've liked it. I do feel that with kind of, you know, the lack of bosses like you just ended at kind of makes it a little stale quicker. Because it's not random, so you always know, okay, it's just going to be a big ogre. But I do like that it's all set spawn points. You know where they are when they spawn in, and then you have to go kill Taken after a certain amount of time, this, that, the other thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's not, it's not overly challenging, and it's also something that you don't feel like randoms are going to make it an impossible experience to finish. Oh, yeah. The old because version. it is easier. Yeah, then previous iterations of it, it's been you have one person that's not doing anything and you're screwed. <laughs> Especially when it came to the post-boss uh, loot collection mm-hmm. where they used to hide chests all over the map that you could yeah, briefly you see the location. The if you had somebody that wasn't familiar with this event, there'd be chests that would go unopened. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, annoying because that cut down on how much stuff you would get. Mm-hmm. This time, at least, all the loot drops right then and there at the bonfire. I wish it would kind of fall out of the bonfire to, you know, area a little bit better. Instead of sometimes it looks like you know, your engram is stuck a little bit too far in and you can't exactly reach yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes you can't actually get it, but... Yeah, having all the loot there at one time, I I think that just the small changes they made with that have been good, but for me personally, not enough to like want to grind out everything on all three characters, mm-hmm. or I've only gotten a few of the hand cannons, and I don't particularly care for the hand cannons, so it's not something I'm also like grinding for either. Yeah. We talked about that hand cannon last week, and I think the consensus is it's eh, unless you get a very particular role. Mm -hmm. Uh, My role is the demo wellspring one, as it's the second weapon in the game that rolls with that. Yeah. Past that, I don't want that hand cannon, but you mentioned loot and grinding. What do you think of the armor? Because that's the next thing about this event, the glowing armor. I mean, I, I like the glowy armor. I like the, what they've done with it each year. I, I'm trying to think, because there was... It might have just been last year I didn't participate, so I didn't get the armor. Yeah, I don't and, think you did last year, to be honest. And I'm, I think 
that there was also a thing where you couldn't buy the ornaments unless you had earned the glowy armor in like on the actual armor pieces. And I don't know if that's still the same this no. year with the ornaments or if that's just you can buy it outright. But yeah, you could buy it outright. You could buy it outright with the silver or bright dust. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that that was a change. I think that was. I, I I'm trying to remember that might have been two years ago that you couldn't. Okay. And that was changed because people were not happy that you just couldn't buy the colored versions of the. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Solstice actually started that you used to have to buy each of these armor glows separately? Like you can get the solar glow, the hunt, the void glow, yeah, the art and glow. boy, that was a shitty mess. <laughs> Man, that that was that was I think the first year, and people were like no, and then they fixed that. So now the sets just will change according to your subclass. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, it was kind of locked. I'll be very honest with you; I do not like what this glowing armor looks like. However, I've only even seen the Titans, so I don't even know what the Hunter and Warlock one actually looks like. So, well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. The, the Titan one looks a little bizarre to me because you have a bird on your head. Yeah, I don't dig that at all. I will say this though, I actually prefer the Hunter armor without the glow going. Sure, I actually like what it looks like without having the glowy parts, you know, coming out of it. Once mm-hmm. the glow hit, I was like, eh, I don't really care for this. But I liked it prior to it. So that's a big change, because typically I'm just like, I don't like the armor at all. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of the, the Solstice armors, whatever. Or whatever year it was, I just don't care for it. But it, it, this time it's like, oh, hey, the Hunter armor actually kind of looks neat. And the glow hits, I'm like, eh, I wish I could turn off the glow. Yeah. You know. I've seen the Titan armor, so I know what you're talking about with the Titan armor. I I just can't get past the bird on the head. That's the part that kills me out of everything. I think the bird on the head is the only weird one of for the Titan. The rest yeah. of it I like. Warlock's kind of interesting. That's another one that when you just look at the base armor without any glowing parts on it, it doesn't mm-hmm. look bad. It really doesn't. Like the 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 chest piece. You know, that actually looks pretty good. I I could see people running around wearing this armor without the glow, and it actually looks nice. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the ability to re-roll your stats on the armor? So I didn't look too far into that, so I'm honestly not actually entirely sure how drastic you can change your stats up. But It's not that drastic. I feel like the idea of it is something that people have wanted for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think having it as an initial thing for Solstice is a bad test for it. And no, it might be something that we can actually have more of in the future and maybe have a little more control of. But then you, you can only set it so far because then nobody's going to be grinding for anything at the same time. Like there's you got to be able to find a balance for it, I feel like. Well, I, I like the idea of being able to re-roll something on your armor. You know, try to change your 
um, stats a little bit, your stat distribution. Mm-hmm. But they kind of needed to come up with like a good guide for this because you, you have to go looking for outside sources like other content creators that are like crunching numbers to try to figure out how to actually get a decent role to maximize the amount of stats on your uh, character. I've now mm-hmm. seen a couple of videos like, oh, you can easily get triple 100 stats for a solstice armor set. It's like, oh, well, you know, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> I wish I knew all this stuff going into it. Mm-hmm. So I could have plotted it out, but I would need to actually have to chart everything. Apparently, the uh, if you have the mod on your ghost that gives a bonus to something, Mm-hmm. It doesn't work in conjunction if you're picking the same thing. Because it's like a plus 20 at the very last thing you get to apply. Yeah. And let's say you have plus 20 mobility that you want to apply. And you have a ghost uh, thing on that gives you an extra guaranteed 10 to the boost. Well, it won't apply the 10. It only gives you the 20. And then it causes some of your other stats to deep 6. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's a little, it's this really weird game of trying to figure out what, what stat to elevate where, in addition to finding a base set of armor that starts off with roles you want to work with. It's strange. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel too intuitive. But as you said, as a starting point, is let, let, let's test out, you know, giving players the ability to re-roll some of their stats. I think it was a, a success in that end. I just wish there was better directions on how to do it. And that, that's kind of a negative for this Solstice event for me is that was a whole new kind of a system, how to re-roll your stats. And... They give you this very base explanation, but they really needed to go into the meat and potatoes on how to yeah. try to pull off what you want to pull off. I guess they were trying to hold some stuff back so maybe community people can find this and this big moment of this aha moment where they figured out how to, as I said earlier, get triple 100 stats on one full armor set. Yeah. You know, but. It would have helped if you had a little bit better advice. <sighs> I agree. Yeah. It, it, not, not bad. I mean, this is a testing thing. Uh, I will, speaking of testing things, going back one event to um, Guardian Games, mm-hmm. I feel that the entire thing with having a legend difficulty match made Nightfall was a test as well as strike scoring was a test, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I keep my fingers crossed on the regular that that was a successful test and they're going to implement it full time, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. Don't, don't just keep it for the event, bring it in. I hope they do that. And similar for the armor rolling, if they can, you know, maybe another solstice event has to go through so they can get some more data and they try to re iterate what we have to do for it but you know I, i'd like to see armor rerolls come around 
there is something that um I simultaneously liked and loathed about <laughs> Solstice completely. Okay. And and that was the uh Solstice guidebook that you picked up that had all your uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with if you want to stash away a bunch of cosmetics you have to pay a thousand silver for to unlock or two thousand I think if you yeah I think there was like a two thousand one if you wanted also the season pass altogether so however and and the guidebook itself is like really pretty and laid out nicely mm-hmm. but a good chunk of the guidebook on the right hand side are the things that you can only acquire using event tickets that you get from completing triumphs that are only redeemable if you paid the money. So these things take up like almost half or more of the page on the right-hand mm. side. Yeah. Whereas the, what you have to do is in these two little strips up in the top, and I'm sitting there going, this is ridiculous. This is This is just a constant you know, reminder of, oh, well, you can't have this if you don't spend the money. I, I know you want to make money. I get it. But could you maybe like do it a little bit better? Put it all on the left-hand side instead of, you know, where your triumphs are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I actually was getting more angry seeing that than a desire to, oh, well, yeah, maybe I'll throw a couple bucks and, unlock this and get all these things no i was actually getting pissed looking at that stuff mm-hmm. more than anything else and it just felt hostile to push that in your face yeah no i would agree on one hand it was very well laid out you know promoting what you wanted to see also getting the free stuff there but promoting the paid stuff on the same screen fine on the other hand mm-hmm. it's like guys could you do it in a little bit way that don't make people feel bad about not being able to pay extra for a yeah. free event I, I just I'm not fond of that and it does definitely remind me of I think it was the second SRL the last SRL that ever happened in Destiny 1 mm-hmm. the chapter book was had a paid component to it. You paid like a thousand silver and there was special things that you could get out of it, like ornaments for your armor. I think like horns for the sparrows and some other stuff that you mm-hmm. can get in addition to just like normally completing stuff and earning drops as is. And I'm sitting there going, this is like the evolution of it. And it's more visually obnoxious than that was mm-hmm. i kind of remember people not being happy when srl hit and they did that and i i don't know what the general community consensus is over the solstice version of that because there's been enough other things happening that people have kind of like not really paid attention to this but i I'm now kind of afraid that when Festival of the Lost hits, we're going to see another one of these books that is also going to have a paid component to it. 
that's going to have a whole bunch of stuff in your face. And then it's going to do it again for the dawning. And then it's going to do it again at Guardian Games. And just keep going. And I don't like that. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's not going to ever be a good way for it to work. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel like they do a good job in, like, not putting it in your face. And other times it's definitely, like, right in your face. Yeah. Yeah, th- this time it was definitely right in your face. And I, I just didn't, I didn't care for how in your face it was. Yeah. You know? And it just made me sit there and go, you know, I I don't want to spend more time doing this event than I need to. So I'm going to get my one set of armor done to try to get the title. And then I'm out. Mm-hmm. Which I did do. I did get the title. And that is actually a like. The title itself is Flame Keeper. This is the most Dark Souls title I've ever seen in a Destiny game. Mm-hmm. And I needed to get it. I was going to skip this event, and I've said it before on the show. I was going to skip this event. I was not interested in it. And then I saw the title. Flame Keeper. And every little bit of my Dark Souls from software loving self went, you need that. Mm-hmm. You got to get that title. And I was like, fine. So I did it in a week. I just grinded it out, got it over with. And I'm happy with it. I don't. I didn't um, guild this title. I don't see the point in gilding it. Actually, I really don't see the point in gilding any of the titles anymore. Mm-hmm. Other than just as they're originally stated for bragging rights. Yeah. But I, I don't really care, nor I'm not impressed with people that have gilded, say, Dredgen four times, because I've done that. And that's almost by accident at this point mm-hmm. or you know something else I, I just don't see the point in it uh de- definitely for something like flamekeeper i really don't see the point in gilding this but this kind of leads me to another thing that i think is kind of interesting so kind of a leak for this overall is there was a second title that was also revealed mm-hmm. and this is the one that encompasses this is all the seasonal activities. It's Reveler, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And each, starting with Solstice, moving forward, so Solstice, Festival of the Lost, Dawning, and Guardian Games, moving forward, are going to have a series of challenges that if you complete, you then check off another box on the Reveler title, and once you get them all, then you unlock the title Reveler. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 16 uh, things you have to do per each. And it seemed to go very quickly, at least for uh, the Solstice version. I'm hoping it's going to be similar. That'd just be another title that would be interesting to have. You know, oh, I have Reveler, I have Flamekeeper. Uh, I, I think putting a title with some of these seasonal events is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm looking forward to seeing what Festival of the Lost is going to be. I'm hoping yeah. it's really cool, you know. Uh, 
Dawning should be interesting. It's going to be like Baker. Cookie Man. <laughs> I'm going to call you Snowflake. There you go. Your Dawning title is Snowflake. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. That would be funny. And then, uh, what would the Guardian games be like? You know, Premier Athlete. <laughs> Jock strap. There you go. Jesus. <laughs> I, 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 I am a I I am a second gilded jock strap. It's like good for you, buddy. Yeah. Wear that with pride. Yeah, wear that jock strap <laughs> on your face with pride. <laughs> there you go, pal. Uh yeah, definitely titles, likes. I don't know. Overall, I think Solstice is gonna make some people happy. I, I just kind of was like, it's there. Mm-hmm. If there really wasn't the Flamekeeper title, I would have absolutely skipped it. I think I would have dipped in once, got the gun once, and then left, you know? Yeah. I just hope it, that, that this particular... Um, event like improves over time the look of the event on the and the tower was cool though i will say that the garden look that was neat Mm -hmm. that's one thing i've liked about that they've that they're changing with the events is having that stuff first of all being front and center when you land in the tower but then it's decorating everything i just like it a lot yeah though having grass in the hangar is kind of weird I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's like, how is it getting sunlight? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. It's the Solstice event. And it's almost over. This is the last week of it. So enjoy it while you can, because then I think we've got two weeks till the next season starts. So. Mm-hmm. No idea what that season is going to be. We'll find out on August 23rd. Speaking of dates, the TWAB hit. Two major things out of this TWAB. Number one is the official date for the day one reprised raid race. This raid goes live. So yes, contest mode will be turned on. It's going to be similar to the way Vault of Glass happened, where you have to complete it once on contest mode, which then unlocks the challenge mode, where you then have to do the challenges successfully on each encounter. If you fail a challenge, it wipes your fire team. And then Mm -hmm. the first team that gets through all of that, you know, gets the day one raid title, uh, raid emblem, and... um, if they're the first team, they get their, you know, revised, I think, silver belts, like uh, Vault of Glass did. Mm-hmm. It's not gold. It's, you know, this this is a reprised raid. This is not the first time people have seen this raid. This is just an updated Destiny 2 version of it. Um, and we were totally right. We, we totally guessed that the name of the raid is redacted. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. No, they're not going to tell us till the the showcase i'm still i remember an article uh, an interview with joe blackburn they're talking about d1 reprised raids 
And he very clearly said, you know, trying to bring a D1 raid to D2 means we have to find an absolute banger. And that is one of the bigger raids. So that obviously is going to lead out one of them, which that would be Crota's end. So it's not Crota's end. So it's either King's Fall or Wrath of the Machine. Yep. Do you have any preference, Venge? Which one you would rather see come back? I mean, no. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I don't yeah, know fine. if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna run either one. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I the only preference I have is for Wrath of the Machine, and I know that's kind of a strange one to say. I would want that because I know everybody's like oh, King's Fall, and there's a there's a group of people that want Wrath, but I kind of want Wrath more because the raid exotic for that was outbreak prime which we now have as outbreak perfected already in the game mm-hmm. so the thought for me is if they did bring back wrath that means they have to put in a new raid exotic what would it be and that that kind of is interesting to me so that immediately says that it won't be wrath of the machine that it's most likely going to be king's fall i will say i do think wrath of the machine at least for me had uh more replayability like yeah than king's fall did in my opinion and i didn't really run either one a ton but yeah king's fall a lot of people think that golgoroth is like the best boss encounter in any raid ever i'm like whatever i don't care with the balls Um, on the ceiling yeah what (laughs) um yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, if I if I had to choose, I'd probably say Wrath, just because it was more enticing to like replay. But when either I, way, I, I don't. Yeah, know. it's gonna make somebody happy one way or the other, and disappoint another group altogether. So that that's how it's gonna be. The interesting thing about Wrath of the Machine, I want to point out, is that the raid weapons that came out of it had a stat on it that was specific from that raid. You know, like it would give you modifiers for it, bonuses. And it was mm. almost like a precursor to origin traits that we have today. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, Wrath of the Machine weapons coming back, how, what the origin trait will be. And hell, even King's Fall is probably going to get an origin trait. The thing with King's Fall, though, just my personal opinion, is the regular raid weapons that came from it were not very good at all. I oh that hand cannon. The hand cannon was like the Zuli's Bane or something like that. Mm-hmm. That thing, I could fire it out, which would take forever to fire it. And then by the time it got done reloading, my kids graduated college. <laughs> the reload on that thing was ridiculous. <laughs> it's like how? And that's D1, and we didn't have stuff like, you know, hand cannon reloader uh, mods we could slot into our armor or anything like that. So we couldn't speed this stuff up. You were stuck Mm. with these ridiculous reload speeds. While the, the guns looked neat, I never thought they were that good, except for the, um, the machine gun. I liked the machine gun in the raid, but I didn't like anything else. 
I did like the pulse rifle. I, I the pulse rifle I think was good. Um, I didn't mind the sniper, but I think my favorite thing on the weapons was uh, the sight for King's hmm. Fall. King's Fall does have an exotic that we don't have back yet, which is Touch of Malice, the scout rifle. Mm-hmm. That when you run out of ammo, you can keep shooting. It just takes chips away from your health. Until, uh, you know, you're almost dead. So it's a risk-reward weapon here. Just keep firing as long as you do it. Could you imagine Touch of Malice today with classy restoration going? No. Or fucking Wells. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anything would work with Bubbles anymore because of the change they made near the end of the the reign of the exotic when it immediately got rid of like armor of light or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't. I I I just don't want it to be King's Fall. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't either. I yeah, really don't either. I it, I know it has a lot of nostalgia value to people, especially the final battle with the gigantic orcs that you're fighting. Mm-hmm. If you never played King's Fall at this point from Destiny One, and I'm talking about this, and you're not happy that I'm openly talking about this raid. This raid's been around for six years, seven years now. Something so, like yeah, that. It's been it's been a while. It's not not it, new. No, it's not new. Um you'll still encounter it the same way. Yeah, you will and I'm not going to lie, when you see it, regardless of hearing about it or seeing it on a video, when you experience that final encounter for the first time, it is wild. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get through it, and especially the scope of it. It's something else. It was a game-changing raid for the Destiny franchise, bar none. Mm-hmm. You know, but I did that raid so many times, and I remember the uh, clan I was part of we were going through that raid without guides and it took us literal weeks before we got a clear mm-hmm. because we would play for a couple hours and then, you know, it's like, if we couldn't get past an encounter, we would just like stop and that would be it for the week. So next week we'd have to start the raid all over again and get back mm-hmm. to that point, And then hopefully we would get through it and get past it. And we, we're slowly chipping away at this raid and uh, eventually finally defeated it. Of course, you know, learning the 16 bomb strat really helped for that last encounter. But uh, Touch of Malice, the only thing I ever found useful for Touch of Malice was the encounter right before the final battle with the Death Singers. I feel like that one and Oryx were the only two that it was legitimately useful on. You know what we use for Oryx? Sniper rifles and um, God, I'm blanking on it. How dare I blank on the legendary, the exotic linear fusion rifle. Oh, sleeper? Heavy fusion rifle. Sleeper. Sleeper, sleeper simulant, yeah. 
that that is what we used on Oryx. <laughs> we had sleepers like flat right in the chest. <laughs> it's like okay, and a couple of us firing that off at once. Yeah, that was great. You know, unless uh, one of us had like the black spindle equipped because that's what we were using to take out the uh, ogres that dropped the blights. Mm-hmm. You know, then we have to have something else. But it was like rockets and everything else. You know. Just I do think I do think the Oryx fight is one of the more interesting fights in all like any raid because you rare you do so little like actual damage with your weapons. It's all yeah, about the the light bombs. Yeah, you don't actually damage him directly. It's all the indirect. Thing was stuns, and then the final stand was the only time you actually got to do real damage to him. Yeah. <laughs> what I forgot. And until I watched a video of this raid fight again, was the part in the raid where he starts randomly teleporting people away one at a time. I totally forgot about that part. Oh, to take down the... The, the shadow. Yeah, the shadow yeah. marks or whatever. I totally forgot about that part because I remembered, okay, so at some point he slams his fist, she grabbed the one person's the runner they enter into the ascendant realm they're running around collecting all these you know basically looks like a, um you know little balls of light that you're picking up mm-hmm. and eventually you drop down you have like this like debuff on you you slam it you take the shield from the knight kill the knight real quick and then all meet up in the center and you stand in it so you're not taking damage from orcs attacking you non-stop mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I kind of remember this. And then I watched the video and I was like, oh, he's taking, what? oh, I forgot. Holy <laughs> No, I forgot about that part. This has been so long since I've done this raid. And then you start realizing just how long that encounter is at the very end. And you really can't screw that up. I think you can miss one cycle. And that's it. Mm-hmm. because then it just goes to an enrage and just destroys everybody but you have to be on point for that final battle yeah and i'm guessing no I'm, room I'm guessing, for mistakes yeah and i'm guessing the uh the um uh the challenge for the final battle is the 16 bomb mm-hmm. detonation you know which basically nukes his health bar in one shot and then takes him right to the final stand but it takes setup to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yes, uh, so if you're able to do it, the raid race goes live 10 a.m. Pacific on Friday, August 26th. So just a few days after the launch of the new season. Uh, what you need to know, as I said, contest mode will be enabled for 24 hours. You need to be a 1560 power to be at the cap for all the encounters. 1560 power right now is the hard cap. 1570 mm. power is the pinnacle cap. Pretty much anybody that's playing will get to the hard cap. And you don't have to worry about it. So yeah. You're, you're, you're good. You're at level. If you're at 1560 or higher without the artifact, you're good to go. Even if you're close, you're good to go. Because 1560 is the power to be at for all encounters. If you're a point underneath, it's not going to hurt you that much. And if you're over, it doesn't matter because contest mode won't allow it anyways. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
same thing challenge mode starts after you complete contest mode the first time when you do the secret triumphs uh curated list of challenges is newly unlocked in challenge mode blah 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 and when you complete that you will get the raid emblem for day one completion now here's the thing upon saying that this was happening on a friday even i was confused because the past three raids prior have all taken place on a saturday here in the u.s yep and a lot of guardians not necessarily international ones because i feel for the ones internationally that you know hey for us you know your saturday start is a sunday start for us or Mm -hmm. it begins at like you know midnight for us so we're up all night you know i i get it i get it but the reason behind this it was explained that because of the problems they had with Val the Disciple from the Witch Queen, that raid did race, where they had to extend the contest mode through the entire weekend for people to get it. Mm-hmm. Because so many people, you had this, you were getting like ejected and kicked and it would just crash and everything else, right? Yeah, uh, we didn't have it as bad as other teams did, but yeah, it was it was definitely yeah. a common problem for Val. It, it was pretty bad. So they decided that Bungie moved the raid date to Friday because they're at full capacity staff. So if anything starts going south while this is happening, they have a full staff. It's not the weekend skeleton crew. And I'm totally for it. it it's It's disappointing for those that can't get the day off, even mm-hmm. though we were told a month in advance. I understand it's frustrating for some, but hey, this is better for them. Those saying it, well, they should just like make them work the weekend and take that day off. Uh, no, no. The other thing that's happening that week is the launch of a whole new season. So they're already working overtime that week. Yeah, they're going to be busting their ass anyway. Yeah, so come on. It, it is a game. I, I know people are all excited about this. It is a game. One criticism I saw was the raid race is the most important part of the year for Bungie. Almost placing this on like a, uh, it's Sarkisang. It is sacred. You can't mess with this. It has to happen. And in my, I didn't reply to this person directly, but when Mm -hmm. I saw that, I thought, no, I'm actually pretty sure that the launch of a whole expansion is a bigger thing for the company than the raid race. Mm-hmm. there's more on the line for that you know mm-hmm. I think the servers are also put under a little bit more stress because more people will join the expansion than be ready to go into a raid not everybody raids in this game so, yeah it is what it is uh, Friday the 26th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Whatever the name of the raid is, we'll go live. Good luck to people trying for Worlds first mm-hmm. for the second time. I'm going to have the TWAB linked in the description. We're going to keep this somewhat short, but there's an entire thing about matchmaking and some changes they're going to be doing to matchmaking coming to the Crucible, starting with Season 18, so in just a few weeks. 
The nitty gritty of this is they're returning to skill based matchmaking in a loose format starting in season 18. It will only be added to the control playlist. And that is because the majority of players play in control, they can actually get more data to help fine tune this mm. out of it, having a larger participation pool, so to speak. Uh, Skill-based matchmaking versus connection-based matchmaking is all discussed in this article as part of the TWAB. Again, link in the description for you to read it. Essentially, connection-based prioritizes connection first and Mm. just goes with that. So you have matches that kind of have less lag, less latency, even though it could be possible. The skill-based stuff kind of looks at overall performance in addition to connection strength. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're not just going, well, you have to match only these people in these exact parameters, which means you might be sitting there for 10 minutes before you find something. They kind of want to get it down between two and four at the longest, trying to mm-hmm. find a game because they're also trying to find games that have the best possible connections while trying to be as equitable as possible mm-hmm. regarding uh, player performance. Everything is listed in there. Um, personally, I am I'm for this. I I am big time for this change. It's not just me saying that I would like to play more people at my skill level, which is true. Because frankly, I don't like going into just quick play and getting annihilated before you know there's anything you can do about it i mean mm-hmm. they actually mentioned in this twab uh there's like one little thing in here let me see if i can find it it says like all right so they give you this like nice little skill graph this bell curve and show you like where pretty much majority of the players fall. And you have the outliers on the ends, right? When I says, it says, so how do these skill numbers actually play on game? And here's some shorthand we use internally. If someone is 200 skill above you, you can definitely tell they're better than you and they'll win about 75% of the engagements against you. The opposite is true if somebody's 200 or more below you. By the time you get to a difference of 400 points, the players are going to win 90% of the engagements. Lower skill players need to be extremely lucky to pull off win. And once you get to a difference of 600, there's basically a zero, zero chance lower skill player will ever win in a 1v1 conflict. I mean, there was actually one line in here that it says that sometimes the disparities are so bad mathematically looking at the skill discrepancies mm-hmm. that you can determine the outcome of the entire match before the first shot is fired. Just by looking at the numbers, you know, this team will never beat this other team. Mm-hmm. And that, if you, if you want a player base to shrink more, keep doing that. Because <laughs> no they're going to leave. It's not, it's not an issue of get good. It is not an issue of you don't want to improve. It's There's no physical way you're going to be able to improve against these people because you're going to be so outplayed it's going to look confusing and hectic for the people on the receiving end of it. They're not going to be able to determine how it happened. 
they're not yeah. going to be able to come up with any kind of strategy to come against it. I know people are like, well, you're just not trying hard enough. Record your footage. Well, that only helps in certain points. You have to play people reasonably close to you, you know, to try to determine, oh, I learned something and I've applied it and now I'm out playing them. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. it, it, it's like sticking me against Frostbolt. Sure. Or Grenader Jake. Or, you know, ZK Mushroom. Or anybody that is like well known back in the day of Crucible. I mean, gigs. There's another one for you. Any of those people. Me in a 1v1 with them, I'm going to lose 100% of the time. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no point in me trying to learn against them because it's not going to happen. But they're trying to fix some stuff up here. Uh, They talk about match balancing. uh, Why, as I put in, they're doing this only in control. Season 19 is going to bring some more changes to it. Also, the changes to the competitive playlist are happening in Season 19. So we're going to see more Crucible stuff happen in Season 19. But they're trying to start getting some stuff going. And um, I am definitely here for it. What about you, Venge? I mean, you have been on tear lately in the Crucible. <laughs> that's, a, that's an amazing segue. Well, I mean, you were bragging about this shit. Of course, I'm going to throw you in the fire on this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've, I have hardly played Crucible this season. The fact that I'm playing Mayhem. And I got a Reaper. I almost said a seventh column is a. That's the best it's ever going to be for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as this change, I don't really have like a huge opinion on it just because I haven't been playing a lot of Crucible. Um, I guess anything that they're doing to try and find ways to balance out between skill and connection is a good thing. Yeah. I it doesn't hurt anybody. I do feel like a lot of the people complaining are probably a lot of people at the higher end that don't want every game to feel like they're they have playing to in, for a, it. in a tournament. Yeah. yeah. And we get that. That's a valid opinion. That truly is a valid opinion. Oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. I I understand that. It's just there's there's gotta be some some balance and with how many people are playing the game, how many people have been playing the game for, you know, around seven years. Mm-hmm. If people have been playing since D1, like, majority of people playing the game have probably improved more than they realize in PvP. But that goes up the up the chain a little bit, so everybody's improving, so... There's always going to be this. Um, I can't think of the word. There's just there's just not going to be balance unless they're able to tweak things and make it work. Yeah. Which, who knows? Because the way the meta changes every season, every other season, it's, it's, it. I can't even imagine the difficulty it is to look at this and try and <laughs> have there's any there's, idea of where to go with it. Yeah. There, there's too there's too many things that can be brought into the crucible. 
everything in your kits can be brought into the crucible every firearm that's available any armor pieces combinations of you know whatnot exotic weapons exotic armors you name it you can bring it if it's something you can use in the game you can bring it into the crucible so right there the balancing is going to be difficult Mm -hmm. Uh, what i want to praise bungie on is the trying at this point to do anything and everything they can to improve the quality of the crucible Mm -hmm. to get more people to stick around to get more people to start playing it more regularly because it could be a lot of fun you know when it's good Mm -hmm. or when you're having a good time with it and then it could just be awful and you just want to never touch it again and that's I, I totally get that. And I get the higher skilled players going, we don't want to play in a tournament all the time, tournament feeling like environment by only placing us against people like us. Well, I, I, I think they should place people somewhat similar to you, but on no end, you should ever, 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 ever be matched with people on the opposite end of the spectrum, complete polar opposite end of the bell curve from you. Mm-hmm. Because those are the people that are just either starting out or just trying their best. And they're if they and they get placed against the upper end, they will leave. They will not come back. I can tell you that honestly. <laughs> A couple of matches of that being stomped out nonstop, mercied unbelievably so much is just ridiculous. By the way, about 25% of all matches, if I saw this information correctly in the crucible have been ending in mercies that's obscene a little bit that's a lot and and that's all because most of the playlists except exception of elimination and comp competitive don't use any skill base to make connection uh to make matching decisions it's all on connection base and that was something higher end players yelled about and i'm going to say yelled because you did for many years to we want better connection rates we want do not imply skill we're tired of doing this just you know it'll make the game so much better and over time it has not i remember was about six months ago or something dmg flat out said when people were going on about the crucible and whatnot that because we had to take the skill equation out that you asked for Mm-hmm. this was the end result imbalancement everywhere all this stuff we as consumers we don't actually get to see all the nitty-gritty and nuts and bolts i know it's easy to be an armchair game dev and claim that well if you, if you just fixed the, the 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 matchmaking itself and not you know take away the connection just keep the skill out of it you know well, how do you fix matchmaking mm-hmm. how do you how do you determine that you're gonna have to start adding some things to the equation and sometimes it is a person's skill level but just when you hear skill people freak out about it and it could very well they even talk about what are the things that rank his skill well it's like do you play the objectives mm-hmm. not how well you fire your gun it's do you play the objectives you know are you skilled enough to pay attention to how the game mode actually works well yes or no mm-hmm do you do revives in matches that actually have revives that actually shows a level of skill of playing this game mode not just 
how well you can jump in the air and shoot somebody in the head. Mm-hmm. You kind of want people that understand the game mode too. And, you know, it's all part of it. I'm, I'm rambling right here, but, you know, I personally think that these changes will not ruin anybody's life. Realistically, they won't. The skill-based matchmaking will not steal your totally real and not made up girlfriend that lives in Canada from you. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. She will totally be real and still exist in Canada. We mm-hmm. believe you. And just let the devs try anything at this moment. It's been so long since Crucible has even been remotely taken by the perception of the community as serious as it has now where we're getting more information about it and actual steps are being taken Mm -hmm. to try to improve things from trials. We just had a re a slight revamp of iron banner. They're going to keep tweaking this stuff. They're now told us that the competitive thing is getting changed in season 19, which I kind of feel that they're going to be working with the entirety of PVP activities while they're working through these individual other changes. So we're still going to be getting stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a process. I know it's been years, but it's a process. It's going to hopefully improve as time goes on. Hopefully. Hopefully. No, hopefully. I can only say hopefully. I can't guarantee it's going to improve. Mm -hmm. But I'd rather have Bungie try and fail then maintain the status quo. You get me? Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll give it a shot when it all hits. Past that. Let's see, Benj bragged about his crucible skills. Yes, I had that listed on my thing. <laughs> uh oh yes, the the exploit that happened this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, game chat, as we know, has been added into Destiny 2. So you have a little text chat window that can pop up. It's on PC. Finally got integrated into the console so everybody can like have it on. Or not, mm-hmm. if you're like me, because I don't like having it up on my TV. It looks strange. And anytime I pull out my ghost, I'll have messages from three or four hours ago still staring at me that I can't clear and get rid of. Mm-hmm. So, apparently... And I'm going to say this right now. Bungie has disabled game chat in the game. So this can't work anymore. But people have once again figured out a way to use an exploit that if they whisper a player a certain string of code, text, whatever, it would actually error weasel code them and kick them from the game. Mm -hmm. The player that received it. Even if you had your text chat window turned off that you didn't receive them the game acknowledges that you received a whisper even if you're not viewing it and it would boot you out like a weasel error code that's wild yeah it started up when trials went live on friday could you believe it people are going into trials the the reward this time is the adept sidearm and they're Mm -hmm. using this to kick other players to get a win advantage. Mm-hmm. And the the funny thing is, 
in light of the lawsuits that are going on against other people that have like broken the terms of service and have also threatened devs and whatnot, but have done things like within the game, cheating and exploiting and whatnot. This is a major issue that violates the terms of service. And there are people that were streaming doing this to other players. Oh, yikes. Yes. Yes, there's people streaming this crap, doing it and trying it out and laughing about it on stream. And I'm sitting there going, if you don't think you're going to get banned permanently at the minimum for this. <laughs> yeah, talk about. I don't even know. Oh, man, this is. <laughs> You, you you know, once the, the people that would intentionally go out of the way to do this found out that this was available to do, they just couldn't help themselves to troll and just harass people by kicking them out of the game. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I say au revoir to you as you're kicked out of Destiny permanently once Bungie gets a hold of who was doing this, who was sending these strings of whispers, because if you think that they don't log every message that has been sent on their end? You are foolish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it's just another Banhammer purge coming very shortly. So, everybody else, yeah, game chat's turned off. I know a lot of people use it, I know a lot of people that uh, have disabilities need it. You know, especially in uh, group-based activities like raids and dungeons, if they're not, you know, soloing the dungeon, obviously. Mm -hmm. Even in Crucible for callouts. It sucks. Hopefully the stuff will be fixed by reset. You know, so it'll be back up. Mm -hmm. And without fear of people getting weaseled into the stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, anything else? I don't really want to talk about my experience playing Crash Bandicoot 4. We can save that. Yeah, we'll save that <laughs> later. We might need something for next week anyways. We'll talk yeah. about other games. Crash 4 is like devil's butthole of difficulty. It's just... Mm -hmm. How dare you make a cartoon mascot game that makes me want to break the controller in half? And not be and not because out of like rage, like I'm frustratingly raging at this game. I actually mean I'm concentrating and gripping it so hard trying to make these precision jumps that I can actually feel the plastic giving way as I'm focusing on this. Like, please God, I don't want to die for the eight hundredth time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you about uh, the, what's his name, Doctor N. It's not Embryo, not Engen. Neocortex, Doctor Cortex, N. Cortex. He was the villain villain in the original Crash games. You go back to his castle at some point because it's all about time travel and fractures mm. and dimensions and stuff that you're traveling through. And you go back to his castle, and it's, and it's pretty much the original castle, but then they've added some new areas to it that you have to go through. And 
you now have like these multiple different masks that you can acquire that appear only at certain points that give you different abilities that you can use to change up how you have to encounter things. Mm -hmm. And I'm at this one section that I, you get a new mask, like every like half screen to navigate going through a laser field without touching them. And I, I, I got to this point and I'm like, I, I, can't figure this out this is like mario maker level insane mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah we'll save that for next week hopefully Venge will play some more stray by then too so we've talked about that stray or no man's sky i've been playing a lot of no man's sky Ooh, yes let's talk about no man's sky next week that's a good one because that is actually kicking ass right now yep i need to re-download that and play it but i have a backlog of stuff too Oh well. Speaking of backlogs, anchor.fm slash hg podcast <laughs> has our backlog of all of our shows on it. And this is number 73. So there's 72 episodes there that you can listen to if you really want to. We'd appreciate it. Also, you can head over to our Twitter page at podcast underscore hidden. Give us a like, follow, send us messages. Our links are there through link trees well so we have uh, access to an email account that you can send us stuff we'd love to hear from you next week we'll figure something out unless uh, some kind of bombshell drops that from bungie on a twab or during the week or something story related i don't think so i think yeah, next week's gonna be very very quiet mm-hmm. so we'll be talking about a bunch of other stuff and hopefully next season we'll be able to get a guest back in. We kind of fell through this season. It happens. Real life stuff take priority. All right. Well, in the meantime, we're going to be hanging out in the dark zone waiting for the revive. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye.